Hello and welcome to another edition of Social Studies on the Go. We're going to be looking at Module 17, Lesson 4, on the nation dividing. It's going to be a nail-biter. But first, we like to start with something funny. What does the Statue of Liberty stand for? Because it can't sit down. Here we go. Raid on Harper's Ferry. In 1858, John Brown tried to start an uprising. He wanted to attack the federal arsenal in Virginia and seize weapons there. He planned to arm local slaves. Brown expected to kill or take hostage white Southerners who stood in his way. He urged abolitionists to give him money so that he could support a small army. But after nearly two years, Brown's army had only about 20 men. On the night of October 16, 1859, John Brown's raid began when he and his men took over the arsenal in Harper's Ferry, Virginia, in hopes of starting a slave rebellion. He sent several of his men into the countryside to get slaves to join him. However, Enslaved African Americans did not come to Harper's Ferry, fearing punishment if they took part. Instead, local white Southerners attacked Brown. Eight of his men and three local men were killed. Brown and some followers retreated to a firehouse. Federal troops arrived in Harper's Ferry the following night. The next morning, Colonel Robert E. Lee ordered a squad of Marines to storm the firehouse. Robert E. Lee is still fighting for the Union, just a note. He'll soon turn over to the Confederacy when they secede about 10 years later. Uh, Excuse me, about two years later. Um, Instead, a local white Southerner attacked Brown and eight of his men. Um, Moving on. In a matter of seconds, the Marines killed two more of Brown's men and captured the rest, including Brown. Brown was quickly convicted of treason, murder, and conspiracy. Some of his men received death sentences. John A. Copeland, a fugitive slave, defended his actions. If I am dying for freedom, I could not die for a better cause. Convinced that he would be sentenced to death, Brown delivered a memorable speech. Now, if it is deemed thought necessary that I should forfeit, give up, my life for the furtherance of the ends of justice and mingle, mix, My blood with the blood of millions in this slave country, whose rights are disregarded by wicked, cruel, and unjust enactments, I say let it be done. As expected, the judge ordered Brown to be hanged. The sentence was carried out one month later on December 2nd, 1859. Many Northerners mourned John Brown's death, but some abolitionists criticized his extreme actions. Abraham Lincoln said Brown agreed with us in thinking slavery wrong. However, Lincoln continued, that cannot excuse violence, bloodshed, and treason. Most Southern whites, both both slaveholders and non-slaveholders, felt threatened by the actions of John Brown. They worried that a John Brown II might attack. One South Carolina newspaper voiced these fears. We are convinced the safety of the South lies only outside the present Union. Another newspaper stated that the sooner we get out of the Union, the better. 
Election of 1860. In this climate of distrust, Americans prepared for another presidential election in 1860. The Northern and Southern Democrats could not agree on one candidate. Northern Democrats chose Senator Stephen Douglas, the guy who wrote the Kansas-Nebraska Act. Southern Democrats backed the current vice president, John C. Breckinridge of Kentucky, who supported slavery in the territories. Meanwhile, a new political party emerged. The Constitutional Union Party recognized no political principle other than the constitution of the country, the union of the states, and the enforcement of the laws. Members of this new party met in Baltimore, Maryland, and selected John Bell of Tennessee as their candidate. Bell was a slaveholder, but he had opposed the Kansas-Nebraska Act in 1854. So basically, the Constitutional Union Party is going to try to ignore the slavery problem. Senator William Seward of New York was the Republic, Republicans' leading candidate at the start of their convention. But it turned out that Lincoln appealed to more party members. A moderate who was against the spread of slavery, Lincoln, promised not to abolish slavery where it already existed. Douglas, Breckinridge, and Bell each knew he might not win the election. They hoped to win enough electoral votes to prevent Lincoln from winning in the Electoral College. But with a unified Republican Party behind him, Lincoln won. Although he received the highest number of votes, he only won about 40% of the overall popular vote. In most southern states, he wasn't even on the ballot, by the way. Lincoln won 180 of 183 electoral votes in the free states. Douglas had the second highest number of popular votes, but he won only one state. He earned just 12 electoral votes. Breckinridge and Bell split electoral votes in the other slave states. The election results angered Southerners. Lincoln did not campaign in their region. It did not carry any southern states, but he became the next president. The election signaled that the South was losing its national political power. The South secedes. Lincoln insisted that he would not change slavery in the South. However, he said that slavery could not expand and thus would eventually die out completely. That idea angered many Southerners. Southern reactions. People in the South believed that their economy and the way of life would be destroyed without slave labor. They reacted immediately. Within a week of Lincoln's election, South Carolina's legislature called for a special convention. The delegates considered secession. Southern secessionists believed that they had a right to leave the Union. They pointed out that each of the original states had voluntarily joined the Union by holding a special convention that had ratified the Constitution. Surely they reasoned states could leave the Union by the same process. Critics of secession thought this argument was ridiculous. President Buchanan said the Union was not a mere voluntary association of states to be dissolved at pleasure by any one of the contracting parties. Pre President-elect Abraham Lincoln agreed, saying no state upon its own mere motion can lawfully get out of the Union, Lincoln added. They can only do so against the law and by revolution. While South Carolina representatives were meeting in Charleston to discuss secession, 
Congress, rep, Congress examined a plan to save the Union. Senator John J. Crittenden of Kentucky proposed a series of constitutional amendments that he believed would satisfy the South by protecting slavery. Crittenden hoped the, hoped the country could avoid secession and a civil war. Lincoln agreed with Crittenden's plan. He believed there could be no compromise about the extension of slavery. Lincoln, Lincoln wrote, oh, excuse me, he disagreed with Crittenden. Lincoln wrote, the tug has to come, and better now than later. A Senate committee voted on Crittenden's plan, and every Republican rejected it, as Lincoln had requested. The Confederate States of America. South Carolina elected to dissolve the union now subsisting, or existing, between South Carolina and other states. On December 20th, 1860, Mississippi, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana, and Texas also seceded and for, to form the Confederate States of America, also called the Confederacy. Its new constitution guaranteed citizens the right to own slaves. Delegates from seceded states elected... Jefferson Davis of Mississippi as president of the Confederacy. Davis had hoped to be commanding general of the Mississippi troops. He responded to news of his election with reluctance. In fact, his wife said that he appeared that somebody had died in the family when he read the letter. When the southern states seceded, the question of who owned federal property in the south arose. For instance... The forts in the harbor of Charleston, South Carolina, were federal property. However, Confederate President Jefferson Davis and the Confederacy were ready to prevent the federal army from controlling that property. Lincoln takes office. President Lincoln was inaugurated on March 4, 1861. In writing his inaugural address, Lincoln looked to many of the nation's founding documents, referring to the idea that governments receive their just powers from the consent of the governed. A line from the De Declaration of Independence, Lincoln stated, this country with its institutions belongs to the people who inhabit it. Whenever they shall grow weary of the existing government, they can exercise their constitutional right of amending it or their revolutionary right to dismember, to dismember or overthrow it. I cannot be ignorant of the fact that many worthy and patriotic citizens are desirous, wanting, of having the national constitution amended. While he believed the U.S. citizens had the power to change their government through the majority consent, he opposed the idea that southern states could leave the Union because they were unhappy with the government's position on slavery. He announced in his inaugural address that he would keep all government property in the seceding states. However, he also tried to convince Southerners that this government would not provoke a war. He, he hoped that, given time, Southern states would return to the Union. And that conclude, concludes this episode of Social Studies on the Go. We will see you next time.